What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can follow me personally on Twitter at WPDavidV, and then you can subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about optimizing your digital marketing strategy by analyzing and optimizing your brand SERPs. Um, And joining me in that conversation is Mr. Jason Barnard. Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Really happy to be here. And you said my name perfectly. Oh, good, good, good. Yes, I know we talked about that before the show, so I'm glad I, I got that part correct. Um, yeah, because I probably couldn't say yours perfectly. Yes, I, that's right. And you joined, uh, I joined you on an event, I guess it was last week or the week before, <laughs> uh, with SEM Rush on a webinar around page optimization. And then you mm-hmm. were my host at that point. So we've kind of traded roles now. Yeah, which is brilliant. And I got your name completely wrong. So uh, next time I'm going to have to practice a little bit. All right, good deal. Well, I'll have to get you back for that later in this episode. Brilliant. Um, But for those listening, what we're really going to be talking about today is really Jason's thoughts around how you can use the results that appear in Google when people search for a brand name and how that might inform your digital strategy, your digital marketing strategy in particular. Um, And if you're the kind of person that's maybe not so much into SEO and you're building sites for others, I think it's also important to understand how brand SERPs work and how it might influence the digital marketing strategy because that also is going to influence how you build your site, 
um, how you might approach different aspects to your build. So I do think it's important, even if you're not necessarily into SEO. So I hope that's true. I guess we'll find out later in this episode. So Jason, mm-hmm. to kick us off, I'm curious, what was the first time you ever used WordPress? What was your WordPress origin story? Well, I used to run a site for children. Uh, we had games and songs, and I was a blue dog, which is kind of cool. Uh, my ex-wife was a yellow koala. Um, and we had 5 million visits and 100 million page, page views a month um, in 2008. Uh, then that all fell apart, and I had to give that up. And my first experience with WordPress was trying to make money um, because I didn't have a job anymore. Uh, so I thought if I can build sites for people, um, I've obviously done that for years. I've done it for 10 years, but I've been using my own bespoke system. And I thought the the way for me to be able to build sites for people quickly, efficiently, uh, and actually kind of get get a little bit of profit margin going was to use WordPress. So I started using WordPress um, because it facilitated the building of the websites for my clients as I switched from building blue dog song and game pages to building proper websites for transporter companies, for example. I feel like we could do a whole episode on this blue dog and yellow koala stuff. It does sound really interesting. I think you're the first person to talk about the benefits of WordPress to profit margins as you think about building sites for others. I mean, I think obviously a lot of people gravitate to WordPress because of those reasons. Yeah, well, what I found was that uh, my, my, I mean, my ex-wife is actually a graphic designer. So what I could do is, is do the development myself and then pass it over to her for the design and, and WordPress made it very easy to work for us to work together. Um, And I found compared to my bespoke system, it allowed me to put uh, more of the work on her which sounds nasty, but actually wasn't. It was a really nice relationship. Yeah, the ability for designers to self-serve a lot of the times with these projects is, uh, I think, one of the key values, especially as we start thinking about things like Gutenberg, which we've done enough Mm. Gutenberg content recently, if you've been listening. So real quickly, though, Jason, kind of fast-forwarding, you now operate Calicube.pro. So could you Mm -hmm. help us understand like what that is? Well, I mean, Calicube.pro was actually a research um, project that I started. I started looking at brand SERPs because I started to look at my own name and figuring out what comes up when you search for my name, how much can I control it, how much can I influence it, and how much can I make myself look, maybe the word isn't sexy, but certainly impressive. So if you search for my name, you will see that there are lots of rich elements, there's really good results. Uh, positive results. Now I thought, what do what are other brands doing about this? What what do people see when they search for other brands or personal brands? So I set up Calicube Pro to track different brand SERPs and personal brand SERPs, basically to see how well other brands were dealing with this question that I think or I know is fundamentally important to every single brand in the world. What turns up when somebody searches your brand name, whether they're a client who you're trying to keep on board by being impressive, or whether they're a prospect who you want to get on board by being impressive, or a journalist who you want to write about you by being impressive. It's incredibly important. And that was my starting point. It was saying, if I want more work, when people search for my name, I have to look impressive. And it's worked. 
Yeah, I see that over and over again, at least the brands and projects I've been involved with when people pay attention to those brand SERPs mm-hmm. um, versus skipping over them for the non-brand terms. Um, they, they kind of, again, pass up some really significant opportunities. Your brand traffic is the traffic that converts at a higher rate than any other form of traffic. Yeah. And I think people are so obsessed on cold traffic, they don't realize, hey, look, there are things I can do to really optimize the traffic I earned by people searching for my brand. So um, we've- Yeah, seen- uh, if I can just yeah, yeah, pin there, um, I, and I think it becomes more and more important. As um, Rand Fishkin from Spark Toro was saying, we're now down to 50 to 40% of, of traffic or queries that actually lead to a click. So we're losing traffic very quickly to Google because Google's giving the answer on the SERP. So we're now looking to say, well, actually, we only, we're only going to be getting the traffic that is going to convert, and a lot of that is brand traffic. So we're going to be communicating with people on the SERP or potential clients on the SERP in social media, uh, maybe even offline, in fact, offline, and we bring them online. And a lot of those people will then search for the brand because they're almost convinced to do business with us from seeing us elsewhere than on our own sites. They search for the brand name. If we're convincing, if we're impressive, they will click through and they will buy because they believe in us. Um, And also beyond that, a lot of people are now talking about client retention, um, which is something that perhaps we haven't been looking at enough, as you were saying, looking for those cold clients. They're saying, once we've got a client, every time they come to our site, either they come directly to the site or they search our brand name. And I think we would be surprised to know how many of our clients search our brand name because they're lazy, a navigational search. In which case, every time they search it, we have to be impressive and we need to not have just underneath our result, our competitor saying how much better than we are, they are, as it were. I'm certainly guilty of being being one of those lazy people who might uh, punch in a brand name instead of a URL. Um, so for those unfamiliar, uh, may not be as deep into SEO, could you help explain like what a brand SERP is and what the user's kind of exposure to that is and things like Google? Yeah, well, I mean, a SERP is a search engine result page. A brand SERP would be when somebody types your brand name into Google. Um, and we now have the verb to Google. So Googling your own brand name is a very great insight into what people are seeing when they're checking up on you just before signing on the dotted line or when they're navigating to your site because they already know you. And in both cases, it's incredibly important that that search engine result page is impressive, positive, reflects your brand message, and is full of multimedia elements. I mean, I don't know how many people who are listening to this have searched a brand name recently, but if you just get the 10 blue links, you're not impressed. That's a great answer, and I want to unpack that when we get back after this break. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. 
It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing Jason Bernard about brand SERPs and their impact on your digital marketing strategy. Jason, right before the break, you were sharing how SERPs mean search engine result pages, and you were kind of starting to kind of go down the path of describing what a brand SERP might look like. What are all the different flavors and elements in a brand search result? Yeah, I love the word flavors. That's a great word, David. Thank you very much. I'll steal that. Um, the The idea of flavors is really interesting because uh, if we look at a brand SERP, typically you will have images, videos, uh, rich site links, but also the knowledge panel on the side, the Google My Business if you're a small or, 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 or local uh, enterprise or business. Um, and the fact that Google is now moving towards a more multimedia model the 10 blue links that we're used to or we had four or five years ago are being replaced by these multimedia elements. And if you're a brand today, somebody searches your brand name and your flavor is blue links, you don't look good. You don't look impressive. You need those videos. You need that rich result. You need the Twitter boxes, perhaps. And if you search for my name, you'll see the Twitter boxes, the videos, the images, and the knowledge panel. I've worked on that for five years. And I think Today, if you're a serious brand who really wants people to, to hook on to what it is you're offering, be they prospects or existing clients, you need those rich elements. You need the flavorful SERPs, as you rightly said, David. I like that. I want licensing fees from the use of that term moving <laughs> forward, Jason. That's okay. But, um, oh, absolutely fine, yeah. So what are the like like technical aspects, not like to get too deep, obviously this is a podcast, but like what are some of the techniques people will use to inject that data or populate that data in brand SERPs? I mean, are we talking schema? Um, help, help folks understand roughly what's involved with getting your content listed there. 
Well, there's actually an awful lot of different things you can do. Um, and I, I'm actually uh, recording right now a, a video course uh, that people will be able to buy at some point in the future, which explains all these techniques. Uh, and there are 26 episodes. Uh, I've already done the slide decks for them. And that just shows you how much uh, you can actually do with your brand SERP, how much control you can have over that brand SERP. Um, and it covers pretty much every aspect of SEO. So it's a very useful place as well to start learning your SEO. For example, if you're saying, I don't have video boxes, what do you need? You need a video strategy. And that comes into the idea of broader digital marketing strategy, which is what we were initially going to talk about. Uh, if, if you look at it and you're saying, I don't have video boxes, the three videos across the middle of your, of your brand set, you need a video strategy. If you don't have the Twitter boxes, you need a Twitter strategy. If you don't have the knowledge panel, you need a knowledge graph strategy. So very quickly, we're looking at this and saying, where is my brand weak in its digital strategy? Where is it strong in its digital strategy? And when you analyze the SERP, that first page is incredibly important because it's very multimedia. As you move down to page two, page three, page four, it becomes more and more these blue links. But you can also look at it and say, well, if negative results are coming up, it means that Google thinks they are important. If they, Google thinks they are important, I need to look at why it thinks they're important, why I'm not looking after them, and why I'm looking bad. And if the results are very good, then obviously Google is reflecting back to you the fact that you are good, that you've got a good digital strategy, and then you need to maintain that strategy. So one thing that did strike me about my own brand SERPs is the more I look at them, the more I realize what I was missing. I didn't have enough video, so I started doing videos a year ago. I didn't have Twitter boxes, so I started tweeting a lot about six months ago. Um, and it, it indicated to me very quickly that I'd got my knowledge graph in place, but I hadn't got the videos, I hadn't got the Twitter boxes, and I hadn't got, interestingly enough, a coherent image strategy. If you search for the images, it isn't coherent. Um, so this so, is really interesting to me because I think like, even my question leading into this was very uh, specific. It was like, how do I get my data there? And obviously different parts of those SERPs require different techniques like Knowledge Graph and Twitter and hmm. video and so on and so forth. Um, and obviously, of course, folks can kind of Google how to get X, Y, and Z in, in a particular place. But it seemed like, you know, I know you kind of commented on this as we talked about before this episode, but it's almost like it's a canary in the coal mine, meaning that as I kind of look through my search for my brand, it might reveal kind of this underlying problem with my broader digital strategy. So is that like why you think brand SERPs are relevant to your broader, broader digital strategy? Or is there like a different, deeper story there? No, I think uh, Canary in a coal mine is a brilliant. I mean, I'm going to steal that one as well, so I'll owe you even more. Trademark um, David Vogelpohl. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, the Canary in the, ca uh, the, the cave mine, I was going to say, the coal mine, is a really nice, interesting point because I was actually talking to somebody. I had a system that measures your brand. It measures the quality of your brand. It measures both the sentiment and the number of rich elements you're getting. And I was talking to somebody who works in the financial markets who was saying, actually what you can do is look down to page 789 and see when trouble is brewing and deal with it proactively. And I find that incredibly interesting because as you look through these brand subs, you can actually see, first of all, what Google is presenting on that first page is what it feels is relevant for people who are searching for you. So if that isn't videos, you don't have enough videos. If it isn't Twitter, you don't have enough 
uh, Twitter activity going on, or you don't have enough um, interaction with people who are important within your industry, then as you look through the further deeper down pages, you're saying, well, if it's negative further down, I've got trouble brewing and I need to deal with it. So my digital strategy needs to address that problem or we can prioritize it right now before it becomes a problem. I think that's the only time in probably the last three, four years that I've heard anyone in SEO say I should pay attention to any page (laughs) other than the first page. Like we hear all of this information about how no one clicks past page one and you know, maybe you might want to bump up a ranking of a page at the top of page two to make it to page one or something. But like, other than that, it's like no one cares, but it seems like you do. Oh yeah, I do. And, and that, that's another great insight. That's your third great insight of the day already. Um, yeah, I, I, I hadn't really thought of it that way. I do truly care about page two. I care about page three. Um, and I care that what's happening on page eight might come up to page two or even page one in the near future. Um, so it is, it is a great measure of what's happening if you're looking at page one and page two and what might be happening in the future or what has happened recently in the past if you're looking down towards page five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, and if you think about it, Google is merely reflecting what people think about you. Google doesn't invent all this information. It's basically pushing forwards information that it deems to be relevant. And what it deems to be relevant is what people are pushing about you. So if it's positive, that's great. People are pushing positive information about you. If it's negative, you've got a problem. And not just on page one, which I think is great advice. Yeah. So my next question is really like, what opportunities do most people overlook when thinking about brand SERPs? It sounds like any content after page one is one of those things, but what else do you think people miss or overlook as they think about brand SERPs? Well, my biggest beef with people in general uh, and the world is not having a knowledge panel. Um, I think That's if you don't have a knowledge... with the world, Jason? There's no knowledge panels? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm wow. a pretty That's sad great. individual. Um, yeah, no, the, the, the fact that you don't have one means that Google hasn't confidence that it's understood who you are and what you do. And what I tell all my clients is the first thing you need to do is get Google to understand who you are and what you do. The second thing you need to do is make sure that Google thinks you're more credible than your competition. And the third thing you need to do is make sure that you have content that Google can deliver to its users in the context in which they find themselves when they're making the query. They're asking for a solution to a problem. You need to be understood by Google as providing that solution then you need to be understood to be the most credible solution of the solutions Google has found for its users. And I think we often forget that we're talking about Google's users, not our own. The third thing is to say, once I'm more credible or I've been understood and I'm more credible, I need to make sure that my content is deliverable. So the thing I think with SERPs in general is people are missing the idea of deliverability and it's a fundamentally important idea that's quite new is saying perhaps the most relevant content for this user in this circumstance is a video. It might be an image. It might be an answer box. It might be a carousel. But we need to provide that information, that solution to Google for it to be able to provide that answer solution to its user in the format that is most relevant to that user in the context they find themselves 
be it geographically on mobile, on desktop, um, or, or whatever their, their demographics might be. I find all this really interesting, um, you know, thinking back to my days where I was more kind of intimately involved with SEO campaigns as we spent so much time worrying about just the content on the page and not mm. having to think about what was being extracted and shown in the SERPs and this notion of like answering that question for people, not just, you know, tricking Google into ranking me here, there, or the mm. other is this real fundamental shift I've seen in SEO um, since the advent, since the introduction of some of these more enhanced views. I actually have some more questions on this, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Miami may be the sun and fun capital of the world, but it's also home to the largest literary festival in the U.S. Don't miss the Miami Book Fair a week-long festival featuring more than 600 authors from all over the world with readings, signings, and panels capped off by a three-day street fair. Find books in English, Spanish, and Creole for every interest and every age, from biographies and novels to poetry and comics. This year, come meet poets Richard Blanco, Reginald Dwayne Betts, and Joy Harjo, award-winning novelists T.C. Boyle, Susan Choi, Edwidge Dentica, Taya Obrecht, Julie Orancher, Leonard Pitts, and Karen Russell, plus authors exploring issues of the day such as Eve Ensler, Alex Kutlowitz, Danny Shapiro, Daryl Pickney, Ambassador Samantha Power, George Wilt, and hundreds more. Take the little ones to Children's Alley for hands-on activities, characters, and storytelling. Enjoy music, food, and fun for the whole family right on the downtown Miami-Dade College campus, November 17th to the 24th. For details, schedules, and tickets, visit MiamiBookFair.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing Jason Bernard about brand SERPs. Uh, Jason, right before the break, we were talking about opportunities you felt people overlook when optimizing for brand SERPs. You're talking about lack of knowledge graph being one of those. I'm curious, uh, what do you think about brand bidding? Like, do you think that's an opportunity? Do you think people that like overlook and don't bid on their own brand, is that a mistake or is it maybe more of a mixed story? 
Yeah, I used to think no, but now I think yes. After studying it for many years, I've realized that, in fact, the ads take up a big chunk of space, especially on mobile. It's the first thing you see, and you get to control that first message that people see. And if you think about the first two seconds when you walk into a room, that's when people form their opinion. Maybe the ad is is that equivalent. Then they scroll down, they see your homepage with the site links. Uh, that pushes home that message, and it it it's less likely that they will scroll down and see messages that you don't necessarily want. It's cheap. If you optimize correctly in Google ads, it doesn't cost very much money. It's well worth having. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I've landed on all that. I mean, in the past, I recall being defensive against, say, a competitor. Mm. Of course, Google introduced the notion of quality scores, which drastically increased their cost to take up space in your brand name or even have it at all. Um, but I think with all the capabilities around knowledge graph to take up more of that page as well as ads that it behooves you to take up that real estate. I think there's been some funny examples actually recently of people kind of poking fun at having to bid on their own brand names for some of those purposes, but, um, like it or not, it's certainly a good defensive strategy. Um, I got a question for you, uh, real quick, just curious. How can people drive more brand traffic? Like if it is the highest converting, how do I get more of it? Well, I mean, brand traffic actually has two, or brand searches at least, have two uh, great positives. One of which is you drive people who know your business, who are interested in buying from you, interested in converting. But it's also a very strong signal to Google that you're a very relevant and credible solution for its users. So we come back to understanding credibility and deliverability. The credibility part builds that credibility and indicates to Google that you're popular Uh, and an important uh, player within your market. If you want to drive brand traffic, some really great tricks are advertisements in the real world offline is say search for brand name or search for brand name plus another word, which counts as brand traffic as long as the brand word is in there. A lot of people are doing that these days. A lot of brands are doing that and that's amazing. And the other is to push your brand name out as much as you possibly can on social media, on other media, on other websites. Uh, People don't necessarily click on the link. There isn't necessarily a link. Sometimes it will be a mention. But the more you get your brand in front of people, the more likely they are to search for it. And the more they search for it. Sorry, Sorry, go ahead. The more they search for it? The more more that, that, that credibility signal is sent to Google and the more all your SEO will benefit. I love so how I would a say, full circle on this. It's like we yeah. started the advertising world by building brands, and then we went into kind of direct marketing and direct results, especially through digital. And now we're back to building brands again to help support all of that. I think that's fantastic. I think those are great insights. I wish we had more time to unpack all this. Obviously, it's a really deep topic, but I wanted to thank you, Jason, so much for joining us today. It was an absolute pleasure. I I love talking about this. So if anyone wants to talk to me about brand SERPs, please do uh, connect with me. I love it. Absolutely. And if you'd like to learn more about what Jason is up to, you can check it out at calicube.com, K-A-L-I-Cube.pro, I I mean. Sorry about that, Jason. Thank you. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. Again, this has been your host, David Volopol. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This.
The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Grainger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Grainger. For the ones who get it done.